Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Today, we are talking to Jeff Schmidt. Jeff is an illustrator, a speaker and author of the best-selling book, Heart Attack, which is all about finding hope, joy and inspiration through recovery. As a young professional in his 40s, Jeff's life was thrown into chaos after he experienced a series of heart attacks. Today, we talk about how he used his passion for drawing, particularly urban sketching, to help him slow down and take stock. I hope you enjoy our chat. I'm really, really happy you joined us. And actually, you approached me, didn't you? And and as soon as I saw your story, I thought, we have to have Jeff on. He's Ooh. it's it's fascinating, and um, and I was looking at your website, and I thought, wow, this guy is so good. He's so so good. So I'd be interested, oh, Jeff, in what your background is uh, before drawing became a part of of your life. Can you tell us mm. a bit about that? Yeah, well, uh, in, just in terms of my career, or. Um... Well, I guess um, I, I guess you haven't always drawn, or were you always drawing as a child? Um, what was yeah. your, you know, your chosen career, that kind of thing? Before, obviously, mm. the thing we'll talk about a bit later on. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, I, um, uh, I, I, well, the first thing to say is I, I grew up in Canada, and um, uh, it was in the prairies, right in the centre of Canada, uh, and. Uh, I think that was a really sort of formative time of my in my um, in my life because it was uh, it, it's it in so many ways what what happened as a child I, I sort of left for a while and it was only recently coming back to some of those things that I um, first discovered as a child that sort of have have sort of transformed my my now life uh, but as a kid I was. Um, uh, I lived in the countryside, so I was I was quite carefree. I, I loved um, just you know exploring in the outdoors, and I, I think drawing I, th- that was always there. I, I never felt I was very good at drawing. I had friends that were amazing uh, artists, but um, uh, for myself, I, I I didn't feel I was I was I was great. But it was always something I dabbled in. And then when I um, I got into my secondary school, my high school, I had this incredibly inspiring art teacher who just sort of swooped me up into this little um, uh, I don't know a cyclone of of drawing, and and that suddenly became uh, my huge focus in life. And I I uh, he was particularly good at portraits, and so I I felt like you know when you have you you hear about Leonardo and Michelangelo and 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 sort of the, the the students that sit under them and learn under them it felt as though I was learning under a great master and and there was this really invigorating feeling on that so it was that that really sort of kickstarted uh, art and the love of art and the love of observation uh and uh so that that sort of 
kickstarted it, and then uh, I've, I grew this great love of creativity. And uh, I was when I left my secondary school, I was trying to make a decision: do I pursue art or? do I do something more sensible that <laughs> that you can uh, make a good living out of? That was sort of the uh, uh, traditional advice. So I, I, I took the latter of the uh, situations and I went and studied physiotherapy. I, I wanted to be a physiotherapist. I loved the human body and how the human body worked. So I thought, that's great. That can sit there. And art can always sit uh, beside all of this. It's always something I can do in my own time uh, and I can do for the love of it, but I'll, I'll go into physiotherapy. I did that for a couple of years and I hated it. Uh, I worked in a, in a little clinic oh, and I was getting experience. Yeah, I, well, I, I loved how the human body worked, but um, the actual work, it wasn't, in my mind, I had this sort of really dynamic environment that I'd seen on the films and, you know, these trainers yeah. who had got athletes back into shape. And that's yeah. not what it was. It was, you know, <laughs> sitting there with a little uh, ultrasound machine sort of doing that and, and making small chat. And it just did, it, it didn't um, excite me. Uh, and while I was doing that, I started working at a summer camp with, with children. And uh, I, I, I remember at one point waking up, I was, I was living with my grandmother at the time. Uh, she, was, she lived in the, the city that I was in. And uh, I remember bounding up the stairs and saying to her, you know, not a day goes by that I can't wait to get into work. Uh, and then I realized, this is it. I need to work with kids. That's what I need to do. Uh, and so I took a quick shift in direction and went into education. I became a teacher and... So I started teaching physical education and art uh, at uh, sort of a middle school level. And I've been in education ever since. And so I'm, I'm currently a deputy head at a prep school in London. Uh, but in terms of the art, that's always sort of sat at the side. And, and it's, you know, it's funny when you, when you find yourself in a space where uh, creativity um, uh, in, inspires you, you. You can't shake it out. So you find ways of infiltrating that into your life. And over my career, especially having worked in uh, just over about 20 years in London at various different um, uh, schools, I've had some amazing opportunities. And so uh, um, it, it's this, this creative outlet has, has sort of manifested itself in so many different ways. Uh, set design, for example, um, my my last school, we did huge summer productions, and I sort of was able to design these sets. And the head teacher there, I remember going to her at my my first the, the the summer production, and it's one of these plays that you everyone gathers together at the end of the year, the whole student body, and you work on it for a good month, and it's this amazing production. I said to her, "What well, what's what's the budget? What budget do I have to work with?" Uh, and she says, "Jeff, whatever you need." Uh, and that was wow. so, so releasing, you know, we spent thousands of pounds, uh, creating, but, but she allowed me to run free. And, you know, I remember we, we, we did this, um, uh, this is when War Horse was right at its sort of pinnacle. And I was really fascinated with the War Horse puppets and how they worked. And so, uh, I arranged to take the children we went there with the kids 
uh, and then that summer we were doing a a, um, a production, and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to have war horses in here? This is it was sort of a um, it was a play set in uh, uh, the time of the evacuees uh, and uh, in the countryside. So I thought it'd be great to to do this and. So we built war horses. Uh, we went and met the puppeteers and learned how they were, were made uh, and then uh, quickly just created these huge life-size horses with puppets that the kids could go in them like in the real, real war horses. Um, but it was, it, was, um, it, it was opportunities where people allow you to just run and fly uh, fly and and um, explore creativity. And I think more than uh, a particular style of art, it's it's the act of creating and being creative that that really sort of fills my my soul. Um, you know, and, and things like that. Then there there was someone uh, sort of saw what we did at school, and one of the parents said, "Do you know I've got a set of bakeries in." Um, uh, in so the Twickenham Richmond area in London, and it's a it's a it's a French bakery chain. Uh, would you be interested in doing some uh, window uh, design for me? And I thought, oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, and again, you know, I said, what uh, you know, what's what's the what's the brief? And they said, just make it interesting. So again, giving sort of the freedom to do that, we uh, I, I sat down to designing and then creating these, you know, these windows and um, and trying to create magical windows for Christmas and Easter and uh, yeah it was it's 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 been really fun and then that that journey of course sort of continues on through various different avenues and there's always places to do uh, creative design uh, and I have done lots of set stuff uh, over the years for little theater companies and for uh, some big church production things and but especially for schools uh it's it's just it, it's it's this act of being creative um that i've i've just had the great opportunity uh people that i've worked with and worked for have allowed allowed me to um explore uh making and creating and and i really really love that and so that's taken me to where i am now often i don't get as much time or i haven't had as much time as i would would like and then uh, probably a few years, or well, just over two years ago now, that, uh, that took a big sudden change for me. And uh, I, I moved from creating uh, those, those big things, and I had a return to doing smaller sketching, and I fell in love with urban sketching. Oh, we're both a big fan of urban sketching. But but neither of us are that good at it. No, <laughs> it's probably down to say. down to pra- down to practice. I, th- I should imagine. Tell us about that because um, obviously we know, but our listeners probably don't know that you actually suffered a life changing experience that actually brought you back down to doing that that sort of smaller scale art. You know, the sketching. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, yeah, I. Um... It, it was yeah just over two years ago uh, I had I well I'd come to urban sketching um, in the summer of 2020 I had seen a little advert pop up for 
uh, and, and uh, a little course, and it was an urban sketching course, uh, and it really caught my eye. I loved the, the sort of whimsical style of this particular artist. His name is uh, Le Pen, uh, as in rabbit in French. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, if, if you're not familiar with him, I would highly recommend uh, checking him out. He is sort of your quintessential urban sketcher. And uh, I, I checked out his online course through Domestica, and I was, I was immediately sort of enraptured by that. And, and so I had a little sketchbook and my, my pen and watercolors, they would sit um, with me wherever I, I went. Uh, and wherever I got an opportunity, I would, I would sit in a coffee shop or on the street or if I was on the train, I would, I would, I would pull it out and just try and capture these little moments. And Le Pen, he has this way of of capturing the little gestures and conversations, uh, conversations that are going on around. And I, I really thought it was, was beautiful, the, the way he has sort of returned to this very simple way of, um, uh, of, 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 of capturing a moment. Uh, and then in, it was December uh, 2020, I was, uh, I was at work, uh, and, and I, I would never describe my job as a stressful job. I think working in a school environment, it's always busy, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm quite, uh, uh, a word that's been used is, is a high-octane uh, person. I've got lots of energy, and I love to do lots, and try and pack as much in as I can, um, but sometimes I don't know when to stop. And, and so it was just one of these times that was really busy. And I remember sitting down in, in my office and one of the uh, teachers came in and had a conversation with me. And I felt this feeling come across me and, and it, it started to stretch across my chest, this sort of tightness, but then down in my arms. And it felt as though I had been, I don't know, carrying these really heavy bags of cement or something and they were really sore and I, I started to sort of massage my forearms as uh, this, this teacher was talking to me uh, and I thought, gosh, this does not feel, feel right and um, uh, I remember a, a slight sweat coming over my, my forehead and I thought, we're in the middle of COVID. I've got COVID. I know. I, that's it. This is a new symptom. It's, um, it's, it's the, the chest pains. I, I, was, I was sure of it. So I, I sort of just worked through it. And then after about sort of 10 minutes, it eased and went away. And I thought, gosh, that was, that was really odd. And then that evening, I had uh, gone to collect my girls. I've got two lovely daughters. I went to pick them up. And uh, I'd had a bit of a heated conversation uh, with, uh, with someone picking up, picking up the girls. And it was just one of these, these conversations that shouldn't happen, but I found my body sort of shaking. And that same sensation started to come and uh, go down my arms. Uh, and this time I started to feel it go up uh, my neck and, and I could feel my teeth. The, the most extraordinary feeling, each and every one of my teeth, I could feel individually. Uh, and so there was this so this moment of it, it was it, it was painful. Um, I didn't want to let my girls see that I was actually um, uh, in pain or, or anything was wrong. So I tried to hide it. Again, after ten minutes, it sort of subsided, 
And then uh, a few minutes later, uh, for, a, for a third time, I was back at home and I was on FaceTime with my mom who's in Canada and the girls were there and this feeling came again, this incredible intensity. So I left the girls to talk to my mom and I was in the background and my mom spotted me and she said, are you all right, Jeff? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I think I've just got COVID. I've got this really bad sign. And she says, you're rubbing your chest. That does not look good. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm fine. And at this point, you know, sweat pouring down my forehead. She says, uh, you need to call the doctor right now. And I said, uh, no, no, I, honestly, I don't need to. She says, well, if you don't, I'm going to hang up the, con- the phone right now and I'm going to call for you. So uh, I, I ended up calling. They'd know it was emergency if she was calling from Canada, <laughs> wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I called 111 and within sort of a minute and a half or so, the lady on the phone says, I'm going to, I was explaining what was happening. She says, I'm going to stop you there. Just so you know, there's an ambulance on, the, on its way and we're um, uh, taking you to hospital. Uh, and I was shocked. I thought, this, I, I, I don't need to go to hospital. And she said, can you get down to the front door? I said, yes, absolutely. No problem. I'm feeling just fine because this, by this time it was starting to ease again, this, this feeling. The ambulance drivers came uh, and they, uh, they, they took me into their uh, vehicle and they hooked me up to all their machines and wires and uh, they, they, they took some readings. And again, by this point, I was feeling f- relatively fine again. And they were saying, uh, I said, I, did you know, I, I think I'm sorry for wasting your time. Uh, I, I hope, I hope this isn't, hasn't been too bad. And they said, you know what, we're taking you to hospital now. I said, Why? They said, you have some crazy readings uh, on these machines. I said, really? And they said, yeah. They said, if you have a bag inside that you need to grab, you can do that quickly, but we're taking you now. And so I grabbed my backpack, which was by the door. It had my laptop and my sketching stuff in there. And they took me to hospital. And what they um, revealed is I'd had a series of heart attacks um, and I hadn't realized that this is what was happening. But while I was in hospital, so it was, it was in the height of COVID. Because I was yes. going to say 2020 was not the year to have any kind of um, heart attack <laughs> going on, was it? Because, because ambulances were taking an awful long time to get to people. So I'm just thinking how incredibly lucky you were that they got to you when they did, and, and it sounds like they got to you relatively quickly as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was extraordinary, and and I was actually I was really amazed at how quickly they had gotten to me because I'd heard these stories of how how long these times were taking, and because of that, I was I was doubly sort of anxious that I was I was using their valuable time mm. uh, to to take care of me, and I had no idea I had a heart attack at that point. So yeah, it was I felt really it was really blessed uh, to have had that opportunity. Yeah. You must have been so shocked when they said in the hospital, you know, you've had a heart attack, you've had some heart attacks. Do, yeah. do you know, I was, I, I was, uh, at that, I, I remember the moment, uh, and, and, and this is, this is probably worth mentioning because it's, it's a big part of my onward journey from there. When you arrive in hospital after having experienced sort of a, a trauma like that, 
and especially when it's it's shut down, it's a really scary space. I was there on my own, and and I'm a forty. Uh, uh, at that point, I was a forty-six-year-old man. You know, I, I I arrived there, and I was scared. And I remember sitting on on my my gurney, uh, you know, clutching my backpack, and just really unsure. I felt really lonely uh, and really scared of what 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 they were about to tell me. And when the doctor came and and spoke to me, I remember he arrived into the room and he had these. Uh, these glasses, and I remember he pushed them up his, his, the, the, the bridge of his nose, and he looked up, and I could see the reds around his eyes and how tired he was as, a, um, as, a, as an on-call doctor. Uh, and very matter-of-factly, he said, you know, I've looked at your, your bloods, and uh, you've had a heart attack, likely a series of heart attacks. And, and I was absolutely sort of floored at that point and just and feeling really vulnerable and really scared. Uh, and from that point, they, they took me into um, the, the, the ward and they gave me a bed. And because it was COVID, they, everything was delayed, uh, you know, all the tests and everything. So I ended up spending six days in St. George's Hospital uh, waiting for all the tests. And ultimately, I had to get a uh, uh, angiogram with a and they put a stent in uh, during that procedure and, and that was at the end of, of six days but sitting in in hospital you you are you are literally stuck in a in a bed and you're sharing a room with total strangers that you would not generally normally spend time with oh, people from all different walks of life and uh, it, it, there was something about having had that heart attack that I felt my uh, almost my senses were really enlivened, and 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 I could I was ultra aware of the world around me, and I, I, I suddenly had this really deep craving to record this. I, I, I felt I, I had a story to tell suddenly that, and and people needed to know about this. Uh, that you know, seeing how the hospital works and the people run off their feet, um, this this sense of intensity, and so many people in hospital were really ungrateful, and they're sitting in probably one of the greatest medical systems on earth, uh, free, quote unquote, free medical care, and yet grumbling and complaining, uh, and then there was really interesting characters as well, really eccentric characters. And uh, I just, I felt I had to record this. So I, I, I pulled out my, my sketchbook and try, started drawing and observing, capturing some of those conversations that were going on around me. And, um, and of course, painting with the watercolors. And it was, it, it was really this moment that, that catapulted uh, the trajectory of my art journey, definitely. So how did those people feel, do you think? You're sitting there in a hospital and you're drawing everybody. Did, mm. did anybody come and look what you were doing or were they well, curious? Or how, what about the other patients? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll start with the, um, uh, the, 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 the medical staff. Uh, they, there's, there's something about drawing and sketching, I think, that draws people, this, this interest. I think especially if you're, you're not an artist, uh, it's particularly interesting because it's something that you feel, whether that's true or not, you, you can't do. And so they're, they're fascinated by someone capturing that and, and just seeing someone's impression of that. And my style is it's quite, um, 
it's quite light. It's uh, there's a, a sort of a, a very whimsical, cartoony feel about it. So it's it's uh, I think people find joy in in looking at that. But I remember one of the nurses coming over and 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 saying, "What are you doing?" So I showed her, and she said, "Oh my God!" And and I mean, she explained it exclaimed it through the ward and she says oh can I take this can I take it and show everyone uh, I said uh, yeah I, if, if, if you like and and it, it was That's this most it, it was so worst nightmares well I, I they, exactly and I was only thrilled that she uh, sort of um, was so happy about it you know if she would have said hmm yeah it's that's okay you know it's it, that that artist artistic critic inside you would sort of crumbled I'm, I'm sure um, but yeah. she 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 took it and and she swept out and there was this this moment where her whole demeanor transformed it it because uh, these these nurses um, they are so run off their feet uh, it's it's extraordinary the amount of work they do and this moment of swap to to joy she grabbed it she ran out and I didn't see her again for another twenty minutes. And she came back in and she came in with another nurse and they're laughing together and they, they gave me the book back and they just said, we've, we've shared it all over the, the, um, the hospital intranet uh, and, uh, and everyone's commenting on it. And she pulled out her phone and she's sort of swiping down and, and showing me all these comments. And it was really, really lovely. And, and uh, I, I don't think they get a lot of appreciation for what they do. Uh, and I know during COVID we had sort of, you know, clap for the the NHS and that sort of thing. But, but there was something, I think, about the very personal nature of this and someone being drawn. And, um, you know, some of the characters around me that I, I drew, um, some of them were oblivious. You know, some of them obviously were uh, sleep rough and they ended up in there. And there was, you know, there was another chap, I remember him. He, uh, he said he works uh, in the House of Lords, and you know he was he was constantly philosophizing, and so I I, I drew him and his 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 legs sort of crossed and then sort of very uh, regal, uh, and he gave me his full art critique <laughs> critique on the uh, on my rendering of him, uh, and uh, but it, it was it was just amusing, and but it opens up conversations with people, and I think this is one of the real beauties of of. Um, of urban sketching is you're getting out there with real people and you get a chance to, to chat to them and talk to them about what you're doing and about their lives. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah, I find that really, really lovely. So what part do you think that urban sketching played in your recovery? Mm. Yeah, this it's, so I, I was sort of talking about, um, at the beginning of this podcast where I I started as a child. So I would, as a child, I would be, I remember out in the endless fields that we we had around as farmer's fields. I remember lying on these great big round hay bales for hours, just staring at the clouds in the sky. Uh, I remember being down in the woods behind our house. We had this amazing valley and it was, um, it sort of stretched for ages and I would sometimes disappear off into the woods and, you know, have these encounters with the natural world, you know, beavers walking right by my feet and skunks going by me, beavers and uh, deer. And it, it was just, I, I was, uh, and, and I was always sort of hanging around there uh, in that, those natural spaces. 
and sometimes I would I would bring my my art book along and sketch very badly, um, but the as I as I uh, was recovering, I found some of the the things that helped me recover the most was those things that I had uh, done as a child, those things that where I was. Um, uh, allowed my body to slow down and just relax. And I think I run at high, such a high intensity. I've, one of the things I've had to learn is to, to slow down. And urban sketching forces you to do that. You, you, you sit down in a space and you observe the world around you. And it's as though everything else uh, sort of goes away and, and, and it allows your mind to wander as well. So you, you start sketching and drawing and paying attention to these fine little details, details that you might not have noticed before, you know, just little uh, details on a branch or a set of leaves or even in your, your own house, um, sitting in a coffee tr- shop drawing what's sitting in front of you on the table. Um, and you, you're, you're looking at these little details, watching how light hits objects, um, you're watching how people interact, and it, it becomes this space where it gives you thinking time, and I think in this life, many of us are probably guilty of just jumping and going and going and not finding those times to slow down and, and rest, and so I think one of the biggest aspects of urban sketching is it brings you into this space where you can just focus. And then your mind, ideas that have been sort of sitting there are allowed to sort of develop and, and grow. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that has probably been one of the strongest aspects of my recovery is, is giving it that, that clear space. I, 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 um, I heard someone at one point talking about white space. And it's that sort of blank space, you know, as artists, we use around our work or designers will use to create so that you you cut down on the busyness. But I think we need the same thing for our brains. We need that white space where everything can sort of shut down and you can sort of focus uh, on a particular idea. Yeah, I think as well, especially I, I, I guess since you've had a heart attack and I'm guessing that stress and and stressful environments can be partly responsible as well as obviously physical things but do you find as well that since you had your heart attack or you learned that you had a heart attack you've embraced calm more and and that drawing actually helps you with that Mm. Uh, uh, yes a hundred percent it's i uh, my my life now has changed immeasurably since my heart attack i've I've had to make a lot of uh, a lot of changes to my life, and I, I think I am most definitely a better person now as a result of my heart attack. And, and in some ways, it's the best thing that could have uh, happened to me. But yeah, it's it, it's drawing brings you into the space where you are uh, you're allowed to be creative, and it's it's I, I can feel the 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 health aspect. Of this, uh, of of any time you're you're going through adversity or or trauma, there is there is a there is a fall down effect uh, from the experience, whatever that is, onto the rest of your body and mm. the so the chemicals that your body releases, uh, and 
And so things like urban sketching uh, and drawing and creating, it, 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 it forces you out of that, that space um, of being so busy and chaotic. And it, it, it helps sort of brings things to a, to a sharpened focus. Uh, but in that, you're more aware of those things that, that weren't quite right. And, and my kids, um, uh, it's, uh, through this journey, they've, they've come along this, and they love urban sketching now as well, uh, and my wife. And so sometimes as a family, we'll go off and do some drawing. Uh, they, they often joke they don't have quite the, uh, the, the, the resilience they do to, to they, they can last for about you know, half an hour to an hour, uh, and then their, their time is up, and they, they say, oh, Dad, you're going into your emo space again. Um, and that's just, just me sort of uh, f- focusing, focusing in. Um, but the, the other How thing, and, uh, I think the kids? I, uh, the kids are, um, let me get this right, 14, 12, and 11. Oh, wow, so, you've got yeah. your hands full. <laughs> yeah, it's nice yeah. that they've all taken an interest and it's nice that you get to share the experience with your family because I know certainly in my family, um, I've got a son who is creative, he just doesn't know it, um, and I've got a daughter <laughs> who's very much the other end. She's sort of more of an... She has more of a, a mind for numbers and things like that than she does for, for being creative. Right. Um, and I, I couldn't... I couldn't get any one of them to come and draw with me. <laughs> and I'd mm. love it if they would, but they, they just... Some people are like that and some people aren't, I guess. But yeah. to be able to do it with your wife as well, I think that's a lovely thing. It's nice, isn't it, to be able to share yeah, with someone definitely. else? Without comparing as well, because it must be hard for them as well <laughs> to look at your work and think, oh, he's really good <laughs> and maybe I'm not so good, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There must be an element of that for her as well, I guess. Well, she she is actually a textiles designer, so she she right. has drawn and she is she yeah. is very good. But I I I, I, th- I think in terms of sort of casual sketching, she hasn't done much of uh, that sort of thing. So she sketches all the time to create new you know a new ah, basket okay. or a new uh, bed linen design or something like that. But um, it's it's a very different thing. And and she would I think she would say that she often feels. Uh, that she, her her stuff isn't good enough, um, and and this is where it's it's about trying to 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 get uh, beyond that uh, in some way. And 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 one of one of the things that I've um, with the kids one one of the great little exercises, and and you may have done something similar to this. Um, uh, and I did this once. This was years ago. I've got a friend, really good friend, who's an architect. And uh, I remember him and I, we, we sat together one evening and he did a little, we had a, there was a paper on the table and he did a little doodle of something. And then I sort of pulled the paper away from him at one point and I added a little character hanging off the end of this, this um, I think it was a cannon he had drawn. And uh, then he took it back and he added, and we spent the evening, we were just chatting, talking back and forth, but we were pulling this paper back and forth and adding by the end of it. The, the evening we had this amazing drawing where we both contributed to this uh, this end uh, piece of art, uh, and it was this uh, this amazing little exercise. Uh, but there's there's something about the the collaboration aspect of of 
art when you do that 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 judging becomes a lot less because you're both part of a process so it's things like that that I've done with with the kids a lot and and stuff like where we will we will all just draw with our left hand you know or do blind drawings drawings that it doesn't it doesn't feel as significant or you know uh, if if you're particularly gifted at something it doesn't shine that much and it, it makes it much more accessible and it's in those moments if you can create a safe space uh, to be creating. I think that's where, for other people, it's they're they're much more likely to uh, to take that on uh, and and to to leap in and give it a go. I noticed earlier you mentioned uh, when the ambulance arrived that you grabbed your laptop bag and in it was your sketchbook and your mm. pencils. So. Can you tell us about your habits on a daily basis? Do you draw every day? And how long do you think it sort of takes to get to the level you're at from somebody, say, who's listening, who wants to start Mm. and they don't have any experience? Yeah, that's that's a really, really great question. Uh, I I don't know that you feel that you've ever arrived and I think it's a dangerous space Mm to feel that, that you've ever arrived or you, you know, be at a, a certain level. Uh, but, but my, in terms of, I, I love to sketch whenever I can. I, I, would, I would love to say I, I can do it daily, but it, it, the realities of, of life doesn't, doesn't allow me to. Uh, but uh, the, definitely a few times uh, during the week, I'll find little moments. And sometimes I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in meetings at, at work and, my, if you look at my um, my 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 books where I, I have meetings, there's they're they're filled with with sketches. So I'm constantly doodling and uh, and making notes. But definitely on the weekends, uh, when I have time to to head out and do things, I'll do that. Uh, when I was commuting on the train, that was you know that was a, a great time. I'm I'm driving now, uh, and so I I. I I don't do it near as much as I as I would like, but um, you know it's this it's this idea of uh, the the urban sketchers sort of groups uh, going along to those environments. I think those are really uh, humbling places to be, especially when you have large groups of people showing up for these uh, sketch throwdowns. Uh, there's such a huge variety, and my, one of my favorite bits is at the end when everyone comes down and they all the sketchbooks get uh, thrown down on the ground and you've got the sort of the crowds walking around and examining. And there's so many different styles. I, I, I keep looking at that and thinking, wow, that's, that's amazing. That is so effective. Oh, I should try that sometime. I love how loose that is. Uh, I love the little details. It's, there's not much to that, but there's incredible details, really powerful. And so that you, you just find that you have these... Uh, these these endless ideas and and trying to get to the point where uh, you are being inspired by what you're seeing um, and take those things as sort of almost little mini challenges and little gifts of of things that you can grab hold of and and give it a go on your own and and uh, you know I um, looking on Instagram for example I I follow several um, urban sketchers. And uh, lots of them are in very different 
uh, style. So you have someone like um, Le Pen, who is his, he's very tight. His lines are always, they're never sort of sketchy. They always come to a full and complete end, and they tend to join another line somewhere. And they're very tight and controlled, uh, which I love his, his style. Uh, and then you've got someone like Felix Steinberg, Brecker, I, I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah. That's it, that's it, yes. And, you know, his uh, his stuff is just so loose and so wacky and yet so powerful. Uh, and and I find myself just going and exploring these different styles. Uh, and um, it, it's, I, I feel like, at times, I feel like I'm, I'm just starting out on my own journey. It's when you try someone else's style and playing around what they do and uh, inevitably you, you start to take little pieces from different people and your style develops then along the way as well uh, and and I think those are some of the most valuable experiences because you're in this community of, of other artists that are doing and creating in different ways and and art art's there to make us feel something I, I believe you know it's and, and I think what that's when you, you look at other people's art, or at least when I look at other people's art, I often feel stuff. I feel what they've done. I, they, they've managed to create something. And so I feel like I'm always on this mission to try and uh, learn to how, to how to capture moments more effectively. So have you ever experienced artist block? I can't imagine you have <laughs> so much inspiration out there, but I'm, I'm really curious if you have. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think with urban sketching, it's I, I've I, I guess in terms of urban sketching, I've only been doing it for uh, about two and a half years now, so it hasn't been that long. But that, that, there's there's never a sort of a block with with that. Um, I, and I think my sort of love of 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 creativity generally, finding creative outlets to to uh, to do to do different things. It's 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 I've I haven't had the chance to get into uh, an artist block. Years ago, I used to do um, sort of big uh, canvases, and I loved painting with a black background, starting with the black. So I'd prime everything with with black, and then play around with light effects, uh, sort of on a more impressionistic uh, style, just uh, getting light. Uh, and I had done several canvases, but uh, I remember at that point coming to a point where I just I couldn't find the right subject to paint that would uh, bring what was going on in my head to life, and I had I had tried various uh, different different things. I I tried capturing sort of light coming through the trees and just picking out the the the, the blades of grass in a meadow and the 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 light sort of dappled leaves on the edge of, of a forest and just see if I could very subtly pull those out. And I just remember being really frustrated that I couldn't, I couldn't make it pop the way it was happening in my, my head. Um, and, and I remember quite a bit of frustration around that. Um, and it was only, I'd come across a, an old photograph of, um, a, me as a boy when I was sort of playing in, in the water and the way the light was hitting me there, that, that suddenly tweaked something and I gave that a try and, and I, I came back to it. But I think if I was to, to stick with one style for a long time and, and just try and work on that, I probably would hit 
uh, a a creative creative block. But um, I just love branching out to different opportunities, and you know, even with with having now uh, gone through this recovery process. So with with the heart attack, I I documented the the, the trauma aspect, and I've divided my book up into three sections, which is the trauma. The section, second section was recovery and what that looked like, just my body getting back to a healthy space. And then the third section is renewal. And it's been my journey into sort of how I've almost reinvented myself. And so that, those, those steps there have been um, quite important. And that the, the book obviously was this whole other creative project than sort of the, the, it's not only sort of creating the the words and the art that goes into there, but learning all the skills for publishing and uh, and working on Photoshop to uh, put things together and InDesign and getting that all laid out. And then uh, all the marketing stuff, there's creative aspects of that. But now through this, there's been lots of interesting little opportunities. So I've had a, a local architect. Uh, he contacted me and he said... Um, I love your style, and what I'm trying to do is, uh, well, I'll often have clients, I'll show them the plans for something, and they just really can't envision what this house will look like when it's finished. And I could give them a CAD drawing, but it feels too, um, too formal, too stiff, and I'd love to give it in just sort of a more relaxed feel. Would you be interested in sort of taking drawings and turning them into a... Uh, a rendering so that they could get a sense of what the the house is is like. So I've I've tried that now, and I've been contacted by um, one of the hospital charities and saying, "Can we get you to do a commission for the hospital on the in the cardiac wing?" Uh, and 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 so these other little opportunities are are coming. And so what I'm uh, people will often say to me through this journey. So what's what's your plan with the the book? And and are you writing another one now? Um, and my wife has said, just allow things to take their natural course and things will become evident. And so I've, I've sort of trusted her with that. And I can see that that's actually, uh, that's where things are going now. There's, there's opportunities coming up that I hadn't expected would come out of this. And so I'm just at the moment, really curious to explore those, those options and opportunities. So what is the book called and where, where can you get it? <laughs> uh, the book is called Heart Attack, creatively. Um, it's called Heart Attack, <laughs> Finding Hope, Joy and Inspiration Through Adversity. Uh, now, I and... hope you spelt heart, H-A-R-T. <laughs> you missed a trick <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> well, I, it's, it's funny you say that because when I was... Um, uh, I, I, I'd, when I was, I was going to get this, this published in different ways, so I'd, I'd looked... At sort of the traditional route and then self-publishing and in the end I went with a bit of a hybrid uh, publishing model but I remember one of the conversations I had with a publisher right at the beginning of this and I had uh, I'd sent them a few mock-ups that I'd done for potential sort of cover designs and I had uh, I'd done the H-E and then the A-R-T at the end of heart. I'd done a different color to sort of make the art part pop out of that. Uh, uh, and yeah. and he was talking about how he really loved that and the art attack, you know, sort of feel. And um, um, so I, I, I haven't, in the end, decided to 
go with the, the highlighting the, the art part on that, uh, other than there's art on the cover uh, of that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was something I toyed with. <laughs> and haven't you got an online course as well? Well, not yet, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm developing that uh, at the moment. So it's, it, uh, going back to when I was in hospital, that, that sense of isolation, fear and loneliness, you have no idea what your future is going to be at that point. And I, I mean, at one point I thought, do I need to get back to my will and, and, and write my will out? Is, is this the end of my days? Uh, am I going to be an invalid for the rest of my life? I had no idea. And, and life really felt uh, very hopeless. And so um, this book is really meant to, to reach out to people who are going through that space and feeling a sense of, of trauma and adversity. And although it's called heart attack, it's uh, so much of it just, it looks at uh, their, the, the, the feedback that I've had from people has said is the, this is a book for anyone going through something difficult. There's, there's so much, uh, so many great ideas and so much hope that comes out of this that, uh, and, and I find people are, are savoring that. And then alongside those comments has, has been people saying, uh, I, I think I might like to try this art thing that you've been doing, um, but I don't know how. And, um, and, and I like, I, I've loved to sort of followed my journey and, and seen how I've, I've come out of this and they want to explore art. And so it's, it's this, uh, the, the course I'm calling it drawing your way out of adversity is uh, and I'm, I'm just I'm playing around with lots of ideas on when we are feeling in that space of high anxiety. We've got stuff going on in our life, and it could be something significantly traumatic, or it can be something very light, but it's bubbling under the surface. How can we use drawing and art uh, to help pull ourselves out of those spaces? So that's what I'm hoping the uh, the, the course is, is going to to do. And I've had, there's been quite a bit of uh, interest in it. Lots, I've had lots of conversations with, with people. And some, some of those people have been um, uh, people like in the medical field, which the, those conversations I find particularly fascinating. And, and sort of how do we jive almost medicine and art? And what, what is the role of art in helping us to recover from difficult situations uh, and and I'm truly a convert from that because it, it has taken my, my life on a totally different trajectory. So you, you've got your own book out but I wonder if there's any books or courses that have inspired you. You mentioned the La Pan um, mm. Domestica course. Uh, yeah. Any other books? Or, yeah. Uh, well yeah so the, the uh, his Domestica course was was particularly amazing and um in terms of art uh, books themselves, uh, the, the, it's it's a fairly new new book. Do, do you know Kash Kuna? Um, yeah, she's, Kash uh, Kuna. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. Had sorry. Her one, I, actually. I, I, have you? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of the earlier ones. She's she's such a lovely, lovely person. She really is, and so yeah. talented as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness! She just bought a book well, out I, actually I, as well, I, hasn't she? Draw, uh, draw. She is. I, I've actually got it. Um, Life yeah. is better when you draw it. It's great, yeah. great book. Uh, and I love her little approach to um, uh, to 
to drawing. Uh, and, and she's, it, I love that she hasn't, it's, it's not a sort of instructional book, but I'm just thinking about you talked about your audience and those people that are, are looking to get into art and, and how do they, uh, how do they how do they start on this journey and how do they they play around this play around with this in a safe space and I think she, in many ways her book has she's she's got lots of little ideas nice little ideas on how to um, how to approach art and and art challenges in very accessible ways so I think that's that would be a great book for any of your um, any of your listeners that are, are starting out to to dapple in uh, and and in terms of uh, other other books, I, I I don't have any particular uh, resources that I would uh, recommend um, outside of of um, just joining communities of artists, whatever that that may be. Uh, and you know, I know you guys have a a Facebook group. That those are great spaces because it's it's the conversations that happen in those in those group groups um, and following other artists, seeing what they have to say. I, th- I think for myself, that's where I find a lot of light and, and inspiration. Uh, certainly as a kid, I remember we, my, my dad was a big fan of art. And so he often had art books lying around. And, and I found myself sort of paging through these books. We had a, a, an artist called Robert Bateman, and he was a wildlife uh, painter. And he painted in a very realistic styles. And he'd capture these scenes of the of the natural world and I just remember uh looking intently at his his paintings almost feeling like this is so unreal uh and then reading what he's written about that um so yeah I I don't have any particular books to to give you to uh, uh that that I I use or follow but just exposing yourself to many different communities and, and having these conversations with people, I think, is really important. Do you have any tips that you could share with our listeners on if they wanted to start journaling their own life a bit like you? Hmm. Would, what would you suggest? How would I mean, from my point of view, I think a lot of people I've heard from, it's time management. I mean, I'm guessing you put aside a bit of time every day, do you, to draw? And do you suggest that people do that? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great way. I know um, an author uh, who he, um, regardless of what's going on, he always makes his, his mission to put a few words down on paper or on his computer. So every morning he'll get up uh, and whenever he has to get up or he knows he has to get up, he will set his alarm uh, half an hour, an hour earlier, depending on what he wants. And he will just get something done as just this regular discipline of, of getting stuff in there. Uh, for, for me, it, that, that doesn't work. Um, my, my, I think one of my biggest uh, tips would be is is do carry your sketchbook with you wherever you go uh you know there's there's been so many times where i've you know i've been waiting to catch a bus or i've i've arrived at a meeting and that person hasn't come and i've just taken five minutes and i've i've caught a a little moment i'll i'll pull it out or if i'm sitting uh listening to a a talk or uh, at a concert, I'll, I'll have my sketchbook and I'll be um, 
trying to capture those moments. And, and another thing that I've um, found really useful is uh, try and find a fresh perspective on something. Uh, we, we spend so much of our lives sort of walking along and, and sort of looking down and, or at eye level, but sometimes we don't take the time to look up or go climb up on something a bit higher, up onto a wall and draw a different point of view or lying down. I, I took a, um, a, a child out with, with me uh, into London and he had, he had won sort of an art auction prize and uh, I took him down to the London Eye and we, it, was, it was to do a, uh, an afternoon of urban sketching with Mr. Schmidt. And um, so we, uh, we, we went to the, the London Eye and one of the exercises we did is we, we lay on our bellies as close to the ground as we could and, and drawing what we can see down there. And what I loved about that was some of the conversations we had about what we were seeing and, and, and how we saw things. So as an artist, I'll, I'll often try and find different perspectives on things. I'll, 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 I'll sit in places I wouldn't normally sit or um, try and capture unique little views on something. It's interesting what you said about you should always remember to look up. And it takes me back to um, when I went to the Natural History Museum um, Mm. with my family. And my dad was there as well. And I remember him saying to me, he said to me a few times before, don't forget, always look up. And when we were there, he said, um, have you remembered to look up? And, <laughs> and I looked up and the ceiling was absolutely, it was, a, it was like one massive work of art. It was beautiful mm. and so intricate. And, and he said that he'd actually spoken to a member of staff and um, that staff member had said to him, 95% of visitors to the National History Museum will, will miss the biggest work of art in the whole museum because they don't look up <laughs> and they don't wow. they never say to them look up so it's incredible isn't yeah. it but it's so true and, and I've always yeah. remembered that one thing my dad said to me and I always do try and look up and um yeah it's interesting isn't it so many people don't they're just tunnel visioned mm. and you know yeah yeah. So where can our listeners find out a bit more about you? I know um, on Instagram there are a million Jeff Schmitz. So <laughs> which one are you if you are on Instagram? <laughs> and where, where else are you? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, uh, I work under the handle PS Live Inspired. Uh, so it's ah, okay. PS Live Inspired. Uh, and that's also where they can find me... Um, uh, on, oh, sorry, I just had a, um, yeah, so that they can also find me on, on my website is, uh, psliveinspired.com. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it, I think that's, that's really what I'm, I'm all about. I love being inspired and inspiring other people. And, uh, I think there's something that amazing happens when our, souls are set alight um, and it, the, the, the world at that point feels like there's endless and limitless opportunities. So um, I, I operate under PS Live Inspired. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for talking to us, Jeff. That's been absolutely brilliant to talk to you. Oh, yeah, it really it's been has. really great connecting with you guys. Yeah. And you now have uh, a new follower on Instagram. <laughs> hey! Oh, brilliant. 
Oh, amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jeff. It's lovely to talk to you and uh, have a lovely rest of your day. Oh, thank you very much, guys. I Really, really great connecting with you, Tara and Sandra. <laughs> Take care bye. then. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes.